listener. Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. I am excited to be doing this episode, our special Halloween episode. <laughs> That's right, right. So we're back yeah. for another spooky episode with kind of the master of horror, Stephen King, with another Stephen King book, Misery that was published in 1987. The movie, the I'm sorry, the book won the Bram Stoker Award for novels in 1987 and its critical response was positive and it was the it was fourth on the 1987 bestseller list. So we've done a lot of Stephen King. So this week we're back with probably one of the most popular movies and books is Misery. Yeah. Uh, the movie the movie debuted just uh, three years later, 1990. It's directed by Rob Reiner and written by William Goldman. Starring in it uh, were James Caan and Kathy Bates. Also featured in supporting roles, uh, Richard Farnsworth, Lauren Bacall, and Fran- Francis Sternhagen. It did, the film was was a big success. It was a big success both at the box office and at the and critically. Uh, partic- it was praised by critics, particularly for the acting of the performances of James Caan and certainly Kathy Bates, who earned rave reviews for her role as Annie Wilkes and actually won numerous awards, including the Academy Award for Best Actress. So uh, it you know remains one of the few like horror thriller type films that you know made way made waves at the Oscars. So. Yeah. And I was watching this on one of the channels. I forget where it was streaming. And actually, it started with the interview of Rob Reiner and how this was kind of a different movie for him as horror. But he had directed Stand By Me, too, based on The Body by Stephen King. And he had said that, that, which we have a previous episode on, that that movie was Stephen King's like favorite adaptation from Stand By Me and The Body, which I thought was really interesting. But Rob Reiner talked about this movie, about Misery, and how he had originally, Warren Beatty was like very involved in the script writing and was going to play Paul Sheldon until it got time to film. And then he kind of didn't want to do it. I think he got nervous, he said. And then it ended up being James Caan. And he also said like he had, like I think Kathy Bates was relatively unknown at the time. She hadn't done a ton and she came in and did like two lines and he was like, yep, you're it. So I thought that was really interesting because you don't get to hear people talk about the casting a lot, but the interview with Rob Reiner was very interesting at the beginning of the movie that was streaming on, I forget where I watched it. I think maybe HBO Max or something, but it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah like I, I've uh, seen this movie in the past and I, and I enjoyed it in that. So I, I actually, instead of worrying about st- streaming everything, I just I just bought the DVD to have and watch it. And it was, <clears throat> yeah, it was quite interesting because um, like I said, I know, you know, we've done a couple of films that uh, that Rob Reiner's directed that like Stand By Me and actually The Princess Bride that he did he had very eclectic he's had a very eclectic career <laughs> if I could say so and um, yeah the writer the writer for it like I mentioned was William Goldman who's a two-time Oscar winner and actually had, ri- had written also The Princess Bride a few years earlier as well so you were right at, right at that Kathy Bates was a relative unknown in this when she was cast so she's certainly exploded uh, after that and she's like one of the best actresses of all time and it's funny how she you know she won 
Oscar for Best Actress, a leading role or that. And she's been nominated for numerous Oscars uh, since then, but they've all been in the supporting actress category. So she's very, uh, she kind of like made like a pigeonhole as a supporting actress or playing like motherly parts. Certainly nothing about her performance in this is very motherly. She's kind of all over the place. And I thought it was great, like how she just seemingly turns on a dime her personality-wise, going from like acting sweet and excited about meeting her favorite author, Paul Sheldon, and to getting, you know, real angry and have outbursts, even like showing signs of depression in certain parts, just all over the place. And just a fantastic performance, in my opinion. Now, I feel like we're taking for granted that maybe all our listeners know what we're talking about. So maybe we should summarize and say spoiler alerts too, for those who haven't read Misery or seen Misery. But this the premise, the plot is that Paul Sheldon is a well-known writer who crashes his car and Annie Wilkes, who is the character that Kathy Bates plays, rescues him, but then holds him captive and tortures him, getting him to write another novel because he killed off her favorite character in the novel beforehand. So it's really about the psychological and physical torture that she does and his attempts to, you know, keep hope and write the book and ultimately try to get away from her. So just for all the people who don't know, have not seen it or read it. Yeah. I did not look forward to watching this movie again because I had seen it years ago and I, I, it's terrifying, I think. And I was not looking forward to watching it again. And I think after reading the book, I, I didn't remember what the movie had in it. And after reading the book, I was expecting much worse because I think the book is 10 times more brutal than anything the movie can portray. In my opinion, I, I, I thought the book was so, so bloody and gory that I was like, oh my gosh. Cause you know, we read a lot of Stephen King and there hasn't been a lot where we've said like, okay, that's like really gross, right? Like, you know, we did Carrie, but Carrie was supernatural and, you know, things happened in it, but it was more of the, you know, n- not reality, right? Like it was fantasy horror. Where this, I feel like it was like a little bit too real sometimes. Although, you know, you don't know how things would happen. I guess, you know, there's always a little bit of fantasy to things, but I thought just the book was so much more brutal. Yes, I agree, <laughs> certainly. And it's funny that, you know, it would be that way because movies are so visual at that. that. I was reading this and reading like these scenes and, you know, how the violence and brutality of it was really you know at the forefront there and you would think okay yeah they would probably go gaga over this for the in the movies it's like oh yeah more blood more guts and do all this stuff but it was very reserved in the in the film like yeah wasn't I thought so. all like that bl- I, you know when brutal when the cop is killed in the book the way she kills the police officer and i don't want to give it away for those who haven't seen it when you're reading the book like i was shuddering like if it had been a movie, I would have closed my eyes if I didn't have to keep reading. And I did fast forward through the scene when she did in the movie, when she hobbles him, as she calls it. Yes. Um, I I did fast forward because I was like, I can't do it. I can't watch it. So, I, I, you know, I did fast forward. I remember uh, several years ago, I was watch- I was watching the Oscars and they had a very a special tribute to horror films. Like had all like a montage of horror, horror films and every like pretty much anyone you could think of. And there was, and they showed the scene, that scene, the hobbling scene from Misery, you know, and you see like James Conn begging for her not to do it. And she says, oh, it's for the best and goes and does it. And yeah, you know, oh, his poor ankle. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, no, I can't do it. 
but the other part, the two that I thought was different is that, you know, in the book, he is so much more dependent upon the drugs. Like you get that a little bit in the movie, but he's not always as lucid. Like I thought in the movie, he was much more lucid, right? Like he's not always that lucid in the book from what you're getting. You know, he's heavily medicated. He's dependent upon the drugs. You know, that doesn't translate to, for me as much in the movie, but it's funny because I was reading on, on this book, uh, you know, the kind of the wiki and Stephen King had said that Annie was really representative of like his drug problem at the time. Like she was his drug. And so that's interesting because it comes across in the book, like the writer is an addict, like he's addicted to the drug and the drugs that he's getting. And I think the movie downplays that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely feel like the movie was trying, like, even though it was like a horror thriller film, was like kind of seems like more of like a heroic story. Like, like, what is Paul going to do to get out of this? Like, will he strive? And I think it, it definitely, you know, can speak to like James Conn as an actor and how he took this on. And it's funny, you mentioned before about how Warren Beatty was attached to this. And, and I was, and I was reading that like a lot of like stars and actors were hesitant to take on this role because of like the way that Paul Sheldon was portrayed in the book that he it was kind of like just like a real pathetic character and how like Annie was treating him and that he was just just real real just pathetic and that uh, and wasn't strong enough and it kind of speaks to oh, some of these actors like their egos and you know that they like oh wouldn't want to be portrayed as pathetic or not strong weak in their film in a film that but it definitely got a sense that James Conn just you know took made just a different spin on that and you know I found myself like just like rooting for him yeah 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 and I love James Conn I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He great. was in like one of my favorite shows, Vegas or Las Vegas. Oh yes, right. Yes. I think that was the name of it. I yeah. loved him in that. But it's interesting because I think that um, you know, he definitely had a portion of you know self preservation. Like he had, he was playing the long game kind of with her that you saw with him, you know, doing the book and and knowing what he was doing and to buy himself some time. Um, but I liked the way he he portrayed that. But it was for me, his character was definitely much more different in the book. But what I did like they did in the movie is that they showed the people looking for him, right? Like that mystery was out of it because in the book, like you don't know until a while that people are actually looking for him, right? Like you don't, you, you kind of don't know that he's hoping that they are and he doesn't know where his car is and you know, she's hit it and it was buried in snow. But I liked that they showed that in the movie that the sheriff and his wife and people were looking for him and his agent. Cause you don't know any of that's happening in the book. Like you have to assume somebody knows he's missing and is looking for him in the book, but you don't get that level of insight. Cause it's really all from like his point of view in the book. Whereas the movie is like a little bit, obviously more omniscient that you know, that, he, that you get that visual that people are looking for him. And I liked that aspect of it in the movie. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. And it seemed like, like a little more, Believable, like you mentioned the uh, the sher- the sheriff, um, who's played by actor Richard Farnsworth, who and that was kind of uh, that role was created for the for the movie that there that character wasn't in the book at, at all, right. and that and it seems really believable because this is clearly like a small town that not exactly crime ridden. Uh, you know the you know the sheriff is probably just you know dealing with complaints about people's fences and stuff and things right. like that and. I 
think what's did they show a scene that trickled to that he's on the phone or you know telling some someone like complaining about their neighbors and telling them it's like there's nothing i can do about that or you know just kind of get you know letting you know that there's this small town feeling with not much goes on so you could you could see that you know how any was able to get away with this for so long that, you know, this small town police force probably isn't equipped to like deal with, you know, a missing person, a kidnapping case like this and that, and that, um, you know, how it could fly under the radar. But one, and one big difference is I believe the, the book and cover, you know, encompasses a much longer uh, time period than the movie. <laughs> it does seem like that. And I, yeah. I think they tried to portray that by the seasons happening outside his window. Yeah. Like, I think they tried to do that in the movie, but it does feel, obviously you have to condense it for a movie, the time period. But I think that the um, book, yeah, definitely seemed much longer because they used the, you know, Stephen King used the calendar as kind of how he knew where he was, although she didn't always update the calendar because of her moods. And, you know, I thought like the movie, you know, they cut out so much, like, you know, he stole some pills, but they cut out a lot of how much she left him alone. Like the book, she would go to her love. A laughing place or wherever because she was in a dark mood and she would leave him for days in the book. So he was forced to go out of the room and get food and pills. And that's what kind of spurred him the first time for having to go get the pills because he was in pain. So I felt like the movie left a lot of that out, kind of how she left him alone for like days. I think they showed it one time. Um, but the other big difference is the pig misery. The misery was the pig was never in the house in the book. True, true. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's not that the pig was a character, but I mean, it kind of <laughs> was. But it was more so in yeah. the movie that that big pig was in the house. Yeah, yeah. It's used. Um, I, yeah, the pig was used as kind of like to convey her obsession. That you know, in the beginning, like you see, she introduces misery, her pig, to Paul, and is kind of like rolling his eyes a, a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, she's obsessed. She just names her pet pig after my character. You know, it kind of stood out to me, like with her obsession with this uh, this character and her personality wise, and that it does seem like in the book, Paul was like immediately distrusting of her that like kind of knew that she was yeah. kind of off her rocker. Whereas in the I movie, agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I totally it was agree a build up. Yeah. It was more of a build up, And like in the beginning, he's kind of like, oh, okay, she's a little eccentric, but she's harmless. And, you know, she's saved my life here. So, you know, pretty grateful. And then there was this like slow build up as she, like like an onion peeling back more layers like there was a scene in the movie that really uh stood out where she after having read his book his newest non-misery book and she was very upset by his use of curse words yep. <laughs> and she kind of just like flips out as she's like giving him this soup and dream about these scenarios of people going into the store the bank or something and you know shouting you know curse words and it's funny and it became so i'll say like a running joke but a running uh theme of that her you know not cursing and using like kind of euphemisms or what does she say like cock-a-duty yeah. throughout throughout both the movie and the book you keep saying cock-a-duty things and, and you, uh, you know it's funny you're talking about the soup <clears throat> that scene and you know it makes me wonder how much you think um a moviegoer can handle it, the, it as far as brutality and i know people watch slasher films they watch things all the time and but i'm wondering 
like how much you can stomach as far as torture, right? Because in the book, when she cleans up that soup with the water, she makes him drink from the slop bucket of which she cleaned, right? Like, yeah. which is really gross. And she makes him swallow his pills with it. And it's dirty water that she's cleaned up the soup and stuff from. And they don't do that in the movie, which makes me question, like, is it's so gross on a very basic level that someone's drinking dirty water and being forced to drink it that could have, why didn't they, why did they not show that in the movie? Because it's so gross. Because like, I felt like they, they toned down her torture a little bit in the movie. Yeah. I guess maybe the thought process was they didn't want it to be too over the top. That they, you know, maybe um, I'm not sure how this was marketed. I was two years old when this movie came out, <laughs> and I don't know why, but my parents wouldn't wouldn't take me to see it. I don't know why, but you know, was it uh, were they trying to make it like a little bit of a mystery where you know she just seems like this nice person taking care of him, and then get it, and then. Uh, you know, slowly but surely, you realize she's not as nice as like it's supposed to be a mystery wise, and that yeah. or she also <laughs> amputates like half of his thumb in the book. Yes, it's like an electric knife, and you don't you don't see that in the movie. No, you know, and he also spends much more time in the basement than he does in the movie in the book. You know, like he's seeing things, and there's rats, and there's a spider. Like <clears throat> the mental torture for him in in the physical torture in the in the book was just so much more, which, you know, is, in, is, is interesting. I, for me, it was very hard to read. Like I was like, trying to skim. I'm like, flip it. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> so I do have kind of a theory in that this movie came out in 1990, you know, and you think about the eight, like the eighties and how popular horror films and slasher films were particularly your Friday the 13th. Night Ride Elm Street, the Halloween series, and all these films, and a lot of them were, most of them were very brutal. And you know, I, I love these, I love those movies, so no shame at all. <laughs> and they are, pre- you know, I've seen every one of them, and they are very, very brutal, and some, you know, blood and guts and everything going on. That I wonder if they didn't want this film to get a. Su- looped in with them they didn't want like they wanted this to be like a higher class because i can guarantee if it was more brutal and was more slasher crazy then kathy bates would not have an an oscar right now she would not i agree with you i mean i agree with that theory which is probably why they didn't show the way she killed the cop the first young cop you know this one she you know we know she shot the sheriff but she didn't shoot the deputy but she didn't shoot the deputy (laughs) but um was his wife (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I want like, I, and I agree with that because I think you would have to, if you were going to show that in the movie, you'd have to cut the scene. Like you'd have to cut to it and your imagination would have to do it because it's way too brutal and it would have probably come across like a slasher, you know? Yeah. But I don't remember reading many Stephen King where I felt like, wow. That was brutal. Yeah. Because like we did the body, we've done Carrie, Carrie. and yeah. none of those are really brutal. But this one, I was like, oh, man. No, not really. We also did Shawshank Redemption, which we is did not. Do- That's yeah. right. It is Stephen King, but, you know, completely different than his other films. Right. Other and that films. wasn't really brutal either. No, no. Like there's um, aspects of it that are more psychological, but this one, yeah, this one like kind of did me in. I, I yeah. didn't. <laughs> 
I don't like brutality and that's why I try not to read them <laughs> or watch them. In fact, I said like when I was watching Misery, I'm like, I'm going to do my scrapbook at the same time. So I'm a little bit distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally for me, I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. So, and it's funny, I wanted to bring up about this is that how Paul Sheldon is a writer. And it's funny, it kind of seems kind of like maybe a little self-indulgent indulgent of Stephen King, like, oh, write what you know. He's a writer, a novelist, so he's going to write a book about a novelist. And I noticed that I've I've read a number of Stephen King books even before we started this podcast. And there, there's been like at least a couple where the main character is a writer. I know one was uh, Salem's Lot that I wrote that I read years ago and that was where the main character was a writer. So I just found it kind of funny. And obviously with our background in creative writing and that that there were some little, little things that we could relate to. Yeah. And it's almost like, is it, you know, one of his fears, right. That I'm going to be kidnapped by somebody. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, this movie really didn't have a lot of characters in it, you know, no, no. Mm -hmm. and really the book didn't have too many until the end when you had like, you know, police or somebody. But what I liked about the ending of the book is that you really saw like the damage it did to him as a writer, right? Like he was still thinking about the drugs and he was still like seeing her, even though she was dead, like still kind of being tortured by her. And, you know, he had to have his legs rebroken and and all of that stuff and get fixed up at the hospital where the movie like cuts very quickly to him sitting in a fancy lunch dinner with his agent with the new book, you know, and she says, I would expected you were over it by now. And he was like, well, no, like she was kind of downplaying it. And then he does see, you know, hallucinate Kathy Bates coming at him again, Annie Wilkes with the, with the um like dessert card or something. But that's really the only time. And so, you know, he's still like a little bit like damaged, but I felt like they kind of downplayed it, like, you know, put him in a suit already at a lunch. Whereas the movie, like you in the book, like you really get kind of like how messed up he is. Yeah, the, definitely there. And, and there's also a part where his, where his agent mentions if you know, he wanted to write a nonfiction book about his experiences of that and he kind of you know shuts that down right away he doesn't he has no desire to do that so kind of like wrapped it up a little with a nice bow bow there that like you could see that referring to his damage there but not uh going on and on about how tough um, tough it is for him right now so yeah so overall which did you prefer well you know me i always prefer the movie except (laughs) in some rare cases (laughs) Because, you know, books take a lot of time to read, and I'm a busy person. Movies you can watch in two hours. Yeah, they do take a lot of time to read. (laughs) I'm kind of like, excuse me, ambivalent about this one. Like, I can't say I liked the book because I was a little traumatized. (laughs) And the movie I can remember liking, but then I think when I watched it this time, I was like, huh, I was expecting a little bit more like horror which I didn't remember from the first time. And I'm sure the first time I watched it, I was very scared. <laughs> but so I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I can't say I liked, I liked them both differently, but I feel like I, I don't think I need to see it again. <laughs> I'll watch it again. In fact, I did something that was not a smart choice of me. I watched this movie while I was stuck in bed with COVID. Because oh. I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm stuck in bed with COVID, just watching movies. And oh, you know, wanted to get my mind off of, my current situation. So what better movie to watch while you're stuck in bed than Misery? 
Well, it's funny because I went to the library to get this and the library told me every misery book in the library system was marked missing. (laughs) How does that happen? And they're like, I don't know. I guess this is a book people checked out and they thought I must own this and never return it. (laughs) So I ended up buying it, which I am now going to take back to the library and donate it to them. So they now have a copy because I feel like the the library had that one copy that was, I mean, they had them at one point and they were all marked missing. (laughs) So I'll take my book over there this week and, uh, donate it. So now they will have a copy. Well, now that sounds like the uh, plot for Stephen King's next next book. <laughs> Who's stealing <laughs> all the library, mystery copies? Why does misery yes. keep getting taken from the book, from the uh, library shelves? I don't yeah. know. You know. Are people using it as a guide? I don't know. The girl was like looking at me. She's like, um, they're, they're, mis- they're listed missing everywhere. I'm like, okay, I shall replenish their, at least the one, one library in this library system. Oh, so all you out- listeners out there, if you've stolen the misery book from the library, please return it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. Right. Be kind. <laughs> so anything else you wanted to talk about? No, that, that's it. You know, I like, you know, I liked both of them. I did, you know, so, but I always prefer the movie because it's easier. I'm looking for a romantic comedy next. Can we have a romantic comedy soon? <laughs> because I need something oh, okay. where I can read it and yeah. go to sleep at night. Yeah. What about, uh, we could do like Fatal Attraction or something. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, thanks, listener, for coming along on this journey with us, and uh, happy Halloween. I hope it's not too scary for all of you. It's my least favorite holiday. I don't like to be scared, and I don't like to dress up in costumes, but for those who love it, have a blast. Hope you like candy. And until next time, keep reading. And keep watching. Keep watching.